Warning, content not suitable for children. Listener discretion advised, yo. I I have friends that are in law enforcement. I have friends that are in the fire department. And the, the reality is that, you know, the school resource officers, the SWAT teams, they're not coming to save you. They're gonna get the recognition after, but in that moment, they're not coming to save you. They're coming to eliminate the threat. Chewy Show, your source of entertainment and overall fuckery. And it starts now. Hey everyone, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Screaming Chewy Show. This is your host Chewy, and I'd like to welcome a special guest, Sam Galvez. Hey, Sam, how you doing today? Doing all right, brother. Doing all right. Just hanging in there, right? Yep, hanging in there. Hey, man, so go ahead and tell me about yourself. Tell me about what you do, man. And uh, I find it very interesting, by the way. <clears throat> well, my name is Sam Galvez. Uh, I am the founder of the Archangel Project based out of Bristol, Virginia. Uh, I, I was born and grew up in L.A., uh, I went to the army when I was 20. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I went, uh, airborne infantry for five and a half years. Damn. How was that, man? Uh, it was pretty intense, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty intense. Uh, I was in there from 2004 through 2010. Oh, wow. So you started like kind of fresh with the whole Iraq thing deal, right? When it was yeah. Yeah, that was a my first deployment was to Iraq in 2006. Damn, man, how was it over there? I mean, if you don't mind talking about it, oh, I don't mind. Uh, it, it was pretty intense. Uh, it kind of <coughs> sorry, I'm coughing. Uh, oh, it's it, it started off pretty boring, uh, a lot of patrols, a lot of doing nothing. And then uh, we got assigned to this task force, and uh, we went to go reinforce the Marines under their chain of command in uh, Fallujah during the surge. So uh, things got pretty intense there, and it's probably uh, the whole deployment was 15 months, but uh, the Fallujah campaign was about seven months. Wow. Yeah. I bet it, it felt was, like forever, huh? Bro. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, some of the worst memories, but some of the best. Can you talk about some of that? Yeah. Man. Um, where to start? Jeez. Uh, uh, I was up. Uh, well, it's... I, I was... <coughs> 
<clears throat> Sorry, I got that. Got that Rona. That <laughs> Rona. <laughs> the Kobe 19. Yeah. <laughs> I was a. I was in first platoon, Baker Company, third battalion, five oh ninth, and we pretty much got uh, pushed through Fallujah to reinforce Marines that were stuck on the outskirts of the city. And there was a small town called Karma that we had to retake. And the Marines, we replaced the Marines there and we pretty much had to hunker down and try to retake that town. Holy fuck, bro. You had to replace the Marines and hold it down, bro. Damn. Oh yeah, we we put it we put the cards on the table, man. <laughs> uh, I bet that was pretty intense, huh? Yeah, man. Um, it it got hairy. It was about three firefights a day, every day, like clockwork, man. Uh, it, it was it was interesting. Um, but the Marines had our well, they were supporting us. So we had their aviation, so, so we had their close air support, like their helicopters, their airplanes, uh, their artillery was freaking spot on. Um, and I'm not exactly sure whose tanks they were, but there were some wicked tanks that would roll up every once in a blue moon to help us out. Nice. So they just pop out of nowhere, bust through a wall or something? Uh, not bust through walls. They come, There's this main route it's like big street and uh they would uh they would be passing through and you know stuff would kick off and they'd be like okay point us in another direction what do we need to take down and uh they take it down <laughs> holy shit man <laughs> yeah that it, it was uh it was intense it it, it took just about the whole seven months to get to a point where we could retake the town and then <coughs> sorry uh, develop enough relationships with the community so that they would stop fighting us and start fighting the guys that were using them oh shit yep because they convinced everybody to hate you guys, you know, to hate America, basically, right? Yeah, at first they did. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry about that. Oh, no worries, man. <clears throat> um, at first they did, and, you know, with every unit kind of goes through this, but when you first get there, you're there to, you know, kick ass and chew bubble gums. But, uh... <coughs> eventually when you when you're the army units we stay there like the navy the marines uh their their deployments are only about six months so we went through two marine units while we were there we were attached to first marine expeditionary force and then they got replaced by second marine expeditionary force but uh we stayed there on the ground with the people we lived in the city uh we didn't get to live on on camp fallujah so we we lived 
out there in the city and uh it took us a while but we got it to a point where you know the firefights became less often and we were we were able to start identifying like where these bad guys were coming from and all that hot jazz wow so you're just learning as you go basically as soon as you hit boots on the ground huh yeah yeah there's a big plan but me just being a joe on the ground i didn't really know anything i just had to kind of do what i was told and kick in doors got to do a lot of cool stuff but uh um it was a unique experience <laughs> to yeah see man i just picture like I already feel sleep deprived just describing what you're saying. Uh, there's a lot of that. <laughs> you know, I could just picture firefights 3 a.m. or out of nowhere, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it would be like every morning right after breakfast, um, they would <coughs> they would do like a morning prayer. And we already knew it was going to kick off after that. <laughs> what the fuck, bro? Um, so it's like say your prayers and past ammunition or praise the Lord and past ammunition. Yeah. Or finish your eggs, get up there on the roof. Cause it's about to kick off. <laughs> uh, so it, it's basically it. it. Every morning about lunchtime, <clears throat> we would, uh, they like shooting at our stuff. So we had this like high speed camera that we would lift up stuck up like a like a hundred feet in the air or something like that i might be exaggerating but it stuck way up there and the snipers would try shooting it what yeah so we, we would we would we would lift this camera knowing that they would start shooting it and it'd be on and cracking again <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking awesome dude <laughs> yeah and then they would uh right around dinner or right after dinner they would they would get one last one in and they they would try to make it worth it but i'm still here holy shit man wait hey thank you for your services man all right man well thank you i mean i'm sure you went through a lot and you know a lot of people don't realize uh, what people go through you know in warfare uh, it's it's a unique experience that, that i went through that Good Lord, like a little over ten years ago, and now I'm at, now I'm 35, and I'm just barely at a point in my life where I can kind of reflect on everything with a cooler head. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as fresh. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, did you guys ever like raise the camera as a distraction? Like maybe you, so they shoot at it and you see a muzzle flash and you know where yeah, they're at or yeah. something. Yeah, like the camera had thermals and stuff. So we, the the people behind the cameras would be able to see, you know, where stuff was coming from, point us in the right direction. There was, there was, there was a lot to it. Um, a lot of the use of distractions and a lot of use of nighttime. Because they, they don't have knots. So <laughs> we just be like, okay, fuck with us all day if you want. We'll just get you when you sleep. 
And we did. <laughs> Smart, because you got the technology, huh? Yeah. Yep. Is that when you would be busting door down too, like at night, or was that like oh, yeah, during yeah. the day? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, we did some raids during the day too, if they were big enough. But most of our major operations were at night. So the raids was it like if you got info like this house is a hot spot or something like that? Yeah. Yep. This the HVTs is what they call them, high value targets. Oh, okay. So you get them maybe to like interrogate them or something. Yeah. Nice. Yep. So is that what uh, inspired you to uh, to start the Archangel project? Um, I don't want to say it was inspiration. It my service in the military gave me the foundation and the training and the knowledge for all this stuff. <coughs> Sorry. Oh, it's okay. I keep coughing. Um. Yeah, the, the military gave me all the training and everything I needed. Um, it gave me this skill set, uh, this toolbox, if you want to call it that. But uh, when you get out into the civilian world, you really don't know how to apply anything. Like some stuff transfers to jobs, but you don't really have an opportunity to use this training or that training. And uh, hold on. Mm-hmm. Oh. Sorry, I'm talking now, so now my throat's going nuts. <laughs> uh, and, and when you you get back home, your employers, your family, nobody really asks you like. Um, everybody asks you, you know, like, did you kill anybody? How was it? That was it cool? But nobody asks you like, hey, can you teach me? what you know that's um, very true i could totally see that yeah yeah and and so veterans kind of get lost because training teaching the next guy or teaching the new guys is a huge part of the way the army works so it's it's part of your purpose is like you know you get you go get this combat experience, you come back and, you know, here's a bunch of, here's a bunch of new dudes. And these guys become like your little brother. And, oh, wow. Uh, you want, you want to train them. You want, you want them to know as much as possible. And, and, and those are like, Hey, uh, teach me how to do this. Teach me how to do that. And be like, all right. This is, this is how you do this. This is what it's really like. This is blah, blah, blah. And, and you teach a lot of, from my experience, at least, I found myself teaching more than anything. Um, even stuff I didn't know, I would still try to teach because it's like the more you teach, the more you learn. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I came back into the civilian world, I really didn't have that. I was I got caught in the grind, you know, just working private security. Um, but out in LA, I learned that uh, basically, like if a disaster happens in LA, they pull resources from the outskirts and uh, to to handle the main, I guess, like devastating parts during a disaster, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so the rural communities of Los Angeles, because that believe it or not, that exists. Um, it's hard to imagine, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just think of a big city. <laughs> yep. <coughs> yeah, everybody thinks of LA as you know what they see on TV, but LA County is huge. Um so up north northern LA County is a lot of desert. Uh they call it the Antelope Valley. But <clears throat> anyways, when I found out that if there was like major earthquakes, resources would be pulled from there and those communities would be stuck with like skeleton crews. Oh. Yeah. So I was like, hey, um let's let me uh try to figure something out and maybe we can fill that gap. So I got a bunch of veterans, nurses, a doctor. I got a bunch of people on board to basically like drum up almost like an emergency response team really to kind of lend a hand during a, an emergency type of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like what we're seeing right now, unfortunately. Yeah, huh? <laughs> but uh, one thing that I found out fairly quickly was that, A, good intentions don't make a good business plan. And B, politics will kill just about anything. It doesn't matter how much you can use it or how much how valuable it is. The politics of an area will just is usually the dead end to any sort of project like this. That's very true. Without major money behind it. So the project died. Oh my God. Um, Yeah. And it it died for a few years. Uh, Left LA. um, Moved to Texas. Loved it. Uh, but it was still pretty, the cost, the cost of living was still pretty high. And we ended up moving out here to Bristol, Virginia, which is pretty rural. And uh, my family loves it out here. I love it out here. It's um, very green over there. Yeah. That's what I picture. Very green. When I um, think of Virginia, I'm like, man, I want to go there. I love greenery. I'm in Arizona, so... Everything looks burnt or has fucking spikes <laughs> on it. <laughs> yep. I got a friend that lives in Tucson. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we, we passed, we, we drove through Arizona and I was like, man, I don't know. I don't know if I'd like to live out here. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. But uh, we, we ended up here. Uh, it, it's a nice place. Uh, the people are probably some of the most self-reliant. It's probably the most self-reliant culture I've experienced yet. Oh, so it's like a self-reliant community kind of? Yeah, like they're very proud. Um, and they'll handle their own stuff. So they're probably prepared, you know, like you you're saying during this crisis – they probably have canned food stocked up and water. A lot of them, within reason, a lot a lot of people do. Um, so, like, 
people cleared out the shelves here just like they were doing everywhere else, but it didn't last very long because uh, people just have stuff. So even though they were clearing out the shelves, me and my family, we weren't, we weren't tripping too much because we had stuff already. So it was like a week and then stuff started showing up again. Nice. But we could get toilet paper, we could get food, milk, all that stuff. Got it stocked. I, yeah. But uh so these people they they've experienced tornadoes come through the area, you know, some minor flooding. But uh they they have their own boats, they 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 mow their own yards, they have all the tools. So uh I didn't really um I didn't really see a need to try to you know apply the archangel project when I moved out here um because the culture out here is just so much like we'll take care of it you all they got it <laughs> yeah <clears throat> that is until um I started asking some questions um, regarding active shooters because oh. uh, coming from LA, that's, I mean, that's, that's life. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I was born there too. And um, yeah, drive-bys yeah. and shit like that. <laughs> yep. Yep. Like, uh, I, grew up in, I grew up in Whittier. My family lived in Compton and, uh, Montebello, East LA, Rialto, Fontana. So there's a lot of gang violence I grew up with, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, the the active shooter thing has been kind of like a cry for help for for some of these kids, man. They're like shooting up their own friends and stuff yes pretty much take no prisoners you know just everybody yeah Yeah, and i remember high school being tough um but i would never want to uh when i was a kid i didn't want to go you know blow everybody's brains out but i kind of see where these kids can fall through the cracks but anyways yeah, I agree with you, man. Then with social media, it don't help, you know? No, it don't. Um, social media doesn't help at all because uh, they could be mean to each They could be even meaner to each other and not have to look the other person in the face. Mm-hmm. Imagine you're being bullied at school and then after school you're being cyber bullied by the same mm-hmm. people or other people. <laughs> or just not even know you're being bullied until it's too late and there's like embarrassing shit going around the school. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. That's crazy. But, uh, anywho, uh, not too long ago, there was a, a an active shooter in Saugus, California, Santa Clarita. And uh, my little brother went to that high school. Oh, he shit. Was in the, he was in the parking lot when it kicked off. So he was able to you know, get back in his car and drive back home. Um. And but it, it did hit a little close to home, so I got I got kids of my own. So I went to their school and I asked some pretty simple questions like, "Hey, what do you guys 
what do you guys do in, in case of an uh, active shooter? And I mean, uh, uh, basically, I, I got the, the the look of like, why would you even ask that? Hey, but you're—they look at you like you're weird or like mm-hmm. you're an asshole. But you're the—you're yep. the smart guy thinking ahead in a real situation, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where I find myself at right now. Like, the more questions I ask, the bigger the asshole I am. I feel because, you, man. <laughs> and uh, plus, LA. <clears throat> something about LA and, and, and Hispanics, the, the way we talk outside of our circles, like I know I can come off, I've learned that I come off as like a pompous prick. Yeah, I think that's like the Mexican uh, in us, you know? Yeah, you know, like we talk confidently, but it, people, people mistranslate it as cocky. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm going to, I don't intentionally do it. That's just how I talk. <laughs> it's the LA um, gangster. You're like, hey, fucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Enough uh, shots of tequila and the, the uh, South <laughs> right. LA comes out in me. <laughs> Take a shot with me, fucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I have kind of found myself kind of in, in that situation where. I'm asking these pretty simple questions and my answers I was getting was like, whoa. I mean, but basically the schools were not prepared. When I started asking these questions, they were planning stuff, but the schools had nothing. And that's, that's the worst situation because they're, yeah. they're just open, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so basically, uh, I was a deputy out here for two years. Yeah, so I got to see some stuff, and, and I, I learned that there was an active shooter uh, a few years back. Uh, and I was like, well, it's already, the, this rural area is already starting to experience big city problems. Oh, shit. So, yeah, and there's a huge drug problem. So, um, I was like, okay, well, uh, yeah, the army in me doesn't, I, it's got zero chill when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. So I, I turned my brain on and I'm like, okay, what, army training, what do you need? You need to stop the bleed first before anything. Fuck the bones. You're not a doctor. You're not going to be like, find the, where the bleed, all the blood is coming from. So like, okay, tourniquets. These kids are going to need tourniquets. They're going to need compression dressings. Um, and they're going to need all, a slew of stuff, but for extremities, um, those are like the two biggest things is compression dressing, tourniquet. Smart. Uh, yeah. And uh, in the military, you carry, you carry those on your gear. It's like, it's like second skin, but, uh, out here, nobody walks around with a freaking tourniquet on them. But yeah, we don't even uh, think about that. The only th- the only thing I think about a tourniquet is like for like shooting up drugs or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I never thought about like an injury. Like, but yeah, that's that's smart. Yeah, uh, in the military, we we carry them around on our gear all the time. 
if we're geared up, we got a tourniquet on us. If you can, if you can make holes in people, you should be able to plug those holes. Oh, I like so, that, bro. I like that saying. <laughs> nice. So, uh, so there's that, that kind of mentality I, I just applied. Uh, but the, I, Hey, you. Yeah, you over there. Do you like paranormal stuff? You like abandoned places? You like to, like, go check out some historical stuff? Maybe you like food. Maybe you like good music. I don't like Black Flag or maybe Black Sabbath. Well, we do too. So come check us out at Punk Rock Explorers Podcast. That's Punk Rock Explorers Podcast. Peace. I learned a lot of the challenges the schools were facing, which was money. Flyover America doesn't have money uh, like LA does. They're mm. not. They're not mainstream. They're not getting that prioritized, you know, allotments of whatever funding. So they had to reach out to this program called Stop the Bleed which you know, the city's got to get involved. They got to drum up a, they have to drum up a draft for a, a grant to request a grant to purchase these things. And while the city was doing that, I basically just talked with the principal, talked with the uh, superintendent of the school system. I'm like, Hey, look, I can do this. I got this type of knowledge give me the green light and I can start making this happen. And they're like, Oh yeah, if you could help us by all means within two weeks, we, we got the first small batch of kits to the first elementary school. Nice. You wasted no time, dude. <laughs> yeah. When, when the money comes in, dude, we don't, it, it's me and two other guys really. But when the money comes in, we don't play around. Uh, if we can make kits, we'll make the kits. We'll do it in a big batch, and then they'll get to the school. Now, me, I'm not, uh, I'm not really social media savvy, uh, nor am I attractive. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, I feel you, bro. I'm in the school. <laughs> yeah. So, like, when people see me, I'm just like, who's that fat Hispanic dude? Ugh, <laughs> get, get him, get him away. Uh, so, I, I don't have that that charm, I guess, to really lure people to the cause. So uh, I linked up with uh, a man from the area here. His name is Rex Carter. He's, he's big in the law enforcement community. He's a pastor. He's a, he's a pastor at his own church. Um, nice. And uh, he's involved with private security around here. So, and he's he's really savvy with the public speaking and all that. So he's got that got, charm. Yeah, I got him on board. Um, and as soon as he got on board, it, things really started taking off. We made a, a GoFundMe account. Uh, GoFundMe sent our uh, our page to the local news and the local nice. Fox Fox the local Fox News affiliate picked it up. And 
we ended up doing an interview on the news. Um, nice. And uh, yeah, the other guy that works with us, Matt, he was able to he was able to get a, a bigger company to uh, um, to give us a donation. And that's when we really kind of uh, met that milestone where you know they wanted to give us more money, but you know they they wanted it to you know the the tax deductible uh, donation. Mm-hmm. I see. And, and, and to do that, you have to you have to be a nonprofit organization. And for all for all intents and purposes, right now we're three dudes. We're, we're basically a kid with a lemonade stand. <laughs> Yeah, um, we're we're just trying to do something good, but it's—I don't want to say it's blowing up. There's traction there, and people are concerned. They want to be prepared, and they want to their kids to be prepared. Um, and now between when the project started and now, I mean, there's really no more excuses for parents to be like. Yeah, you can't you can't be a parent in 2020 and be really caught off guard with anything. Anymore. You're right. You're experiencing so much. If if you if you if you're caught off guard with anything now, it's because you choose to be. And some people are probably going to take that the hard way, and they should. Mm-hmm. I hope they lose sleep over that. <laughs> you got a very good point. I mean, if they're making bulletproof fucking backpacks, yo. You know, that's telling yeah. you something. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I can go on, you know, a seminary mission to try to change, you know, people. But I know that the likelihood of that happening is pretty slim. So if if me, one man, or three guys can't realistically take on the entire society in the direction it, it's going or in the mud hole that it's in right now, then we have to work around it. And part of that is by, I'm a little more in your face. So uh, uh, I let people know like, Hey, look, this is the reality. Mm-hmm. Straight but, up, you know, I I have friends that are in law enforcement. I have friends that are in the fire department and, you know, the reality is that, you know, the school resource officers, the SWAT teams, they're not coming to save you. They're going to get the recognition after, but in that moment, they're not coming to save you. They're coming to eliminate the threat. And when they get there, that is their focus. So you can't, I can't imagine how many cops have had to walk or run by this injured person pleading, you know, yelling for them, screaming for them to help him. And they can't do anything because they got to go find this bad guy. Well, I never thought about that. They got to stop the threat before he kills more or shoots more. Yeah. And that's, that's the ugly reality. And a lot of people, even though the, even though a lot of the cops, especially around here, they try telling people that, Nobody wants to accept it. It's At like, least hey, a man, lot of I'm, people won't. They're like, I'm not an EMT, you know. I'm here to eliminate the threat, you know. I have a gun. Yeah. 
yeah, they got to do what they got to do. And, and once, once they can confirm that, you know, the threat's eliminated, the shooter's down or whatever, <coughs> if that was the only shooter, um, that, then they can go back and, and start helping people. Now, they, uh, the local agencies like the fire department, uh, the philosophy is changing now so now there's there's basically <laughs> there's some unlucky soul from the fire department that gets to attach themselves to a SWAT team and basically goes into uh, a gunfight with a pair of scissors what the and, fuck and, bro and, and gauze and their their sole purpose in life is to start helping people as it's happening you know with the SWAT team. Holy shit, that's crazy. Um, but yeah, so with the Archangel project, I was like, when I when I saw when I learned started learning about all this and, and it, of course I was like the Archangel project, here it is. So, you know, dusted off the old books, got the gears turning again, started it back up, got the do- donations coming in, got the first kits in. And um, we're we're one school short of fulfilling the entire school district here in Bristol, Virginia. Wow, dude, nice. That's amazing. Um, yeah, it is, and that's all from the community. Unfortunately, the this uh, coronavirus, SARS thing, COVID nineteen, this thing hit, so all the schools shut down. Um, so I'm hoping that the police department and fire department are utilizing the time to practice. Nice. But, uh, and, and, um, can, can, uh, like <laughs> just regular civilians, can anybody also buy your kids? My kids? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, if you want, if people want to purchase a kit from me, they just have to send me a message. Um, I'm not a huge operation, so I don't have like a marketplace online yet. So uh, I'll just, I just ask people to make a donation to the GoFundMe campaign. I'll make you a kit. Just send me your address on a, on a message and I'll send it to you. Nice. And these kids, um, do you have different types for like different there's, situations? There's four different types of kits right now. However, like I can't, none of them are pre-made. Like I got to get the donations in before I can turn that money around into a kit. Oh, I see. So there's like, I like, I have some items in bulk that I can use to create a kit, but the big, the two biggest things are the trauma shears and the tourniquets. Mm-hmm. But there's four different kits. There's, um, there's the one, well, the two I created were were called the Emily Kit, E M L E, Emily for short, Emergency Medical Life Saving Equipment Kit. Nice. Um, it it's really simple. It's 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 stupid simple. Um. It's a roll of gauze, a rolled elastic bandage to make a compression dressing, and. 
either a SWAT T tourniquet for smaller kids or a cat T tourniquet for your bigger kids. And that is smashed into a slim, clear pencil pouch. Nice. And that's it. And so something similar like that would cost around 50 to 60 bucks. Um, for starters on like some of your bigger companies that basic kit is coming in at 30 bucks nice so wow um, yeah so 150 bucks can get a school five kits in a uh, drawstring pack and um, 200 can get the kits with the cat tea tourniquets because they're a little more expensive. But the, the cat tea tourniquets are what we use in the military, so oh, okay, we so want to make sure <laughs> it's combat proven, but we all we also want to make sure that there's a little bit the kids are a little bit bigger. You don't want the elementary schools trying to deal with the cat tea tourniquet on a four year old. <laughs> <clears throat> Wow, man, and, and you know that's that's awesome, dude. You're thinking way ahead. I mean, yeah, what you think when the when help gets there in a school shooting or something? Yeah, like like you were saying, you know, the cops are just gonna go for the bad guy, and unfortunately, they're gonna run by you if you're hurt or bleeding out. That's the so truth. That, that's amazing that schools can have that, and you could be treated as the cops are getting the bad guy. You know, instead mm-hmm. of having a firefighter risk his life too. You know. Yeah, ideally, if if the if there was one in every classroom, the teacher or other students could start doing it um, if they got the training. Now, our operation isn't big enough to provide like major training, um, but the training is getting out here. You ever and thought of making like a YouTube video or something for some training? We do have uh we do have a YouTube channel for the Archangel Project. However, you with the YouTube channel, you have to have you know, so many views and so many subscribers and so many videos, and then you get like you get a little more like abilities to do on the channel. Oh wow! So we have like three or four videos up on the channel right now. One of them is. One of them explains the kit and one of them actually shows how to use it. And uh, one of them shows why we use the tourniquets that we use. Um, another one shows why we use the shears that we use. Nice. Um, and that's a, your YouTube channel. Is it an Archangel project? Yeah, it's, it's, it's just Archangel project, but because we're not, it's not a big channel. We don't have our own channel name on the URL. So it's like youtube.com slash all jumble of numbers and letters and stuff like that. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Like, like that code, huh? Yeah. So if we, if we get enough traffic, then YouTube allows us to use a URL name. I had no idea YouTube did that. Yeah. (laughs) Wow, man, this is amazing too. I mean, you know, and I think the kits would be also uh, pretty useful. Like if you go hiking or camping, it'd be another nice thing to have. You know, you never know what happens. Yep, yep. Uh, we have, huh, 
we have, we have another kit that's designed for law enforcement. Um, but it's running right now. It's running at a hundred bucks. My oh. cat came. My cat came to visit me. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, <Lots of> attention. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's the law enforcement kit's running at a hundred bucks right now. It's nothing special, but uh, with this whole project, uh, we learned that the local law enforcement agencies don't have the funding to give their individual officers an individual kit, a uniform individual kit to to have on them just in case something happens. They have to, they basically have to purchase that themselves. Oh, so if, you know, some, some guys might have a tourniquet. Some guys might not. That type of deal. So we made a, we made a kit for them. Um, and there's another kit that we sell. It's called an Archangel kit. It's it's a, it's a bigger kit. It's pretty substantial. It's got like chest seals and stuff um, in case you get sh- in case you get sh- uh, shot in the torso or chest. Um, it's, it's how how does that substance. work? The chest seals? Yeah, chest seal. Uh, chest seal is like yeah. I don't know if you have ever seen a, a gunshot wound, but you you basically you have usually an entry wound and an exit wound. That hole, those two holes will allow air into your body cavity and start Holy. crushing your lungs. Holy fuck, I did not know that. Ow. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, so a lot of times what you see in like the movies, they'll, they'll, they'll throw a lot of gauze and, and guys will just be holding pressure on the, on the wound. Uh, so what they, what modern technology has created is, these things called chest seals. So if I get shot in the chest somewhere um, and, it, and it goes out my back somewhere, you can open up a chest seal and, and they come in two packs. So you can open up one, slap it on the entry wound and it'll stick there and you can slap the second one on the other one and it'll stick there. And it'll allow air to escape but it won't allow air to get back in nice so yeah. it's like the flex seal tape on that tank of water leaking <laughs> yeah kind of slap it on <laughs> yeah kind of like that for for people <laughs> wow i never heard of those that's that's pretty cool yeah and, and and that's really what the the project is kind of transforming into this bigger thing uh cuz the more the more I do like these types of podcasts, the more, you know, there are people that just have never heard of this type of stuff, like chest seals, Mm -hmm. hemostatic gauze, that type of stuff. So now it's it's become more of like a philosophical mission. Like we're still doing the kits, but uh, you know, we're learning that you really have to drive the philosophy behind. Well, well, we'll just call the cops. Mm-hmm. The cause, yeah. So we have to get people to stop the the mentality of you know we'll just call the police, mm-hmm. we'll call nine one one. Like call nine one one if there's emergency, 
but you still got to do something right there and then. Very um, true. And, you know, I, I hate to use this, but uh, the active shooter in the Texas church. Yes, that's a that's, very good example. Boy, that Texas church held it down. And, you know, unfortunately, two people lost their lives. But that church did right then and there everything they had to start doing. They had it. Um, Could have been more dead people if it wasn't that guy that stopped the shooter, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, if you, if you look at the whole video, I mean, by, by the end of the video, there's like seven, eight, nine people with guns, like, ready to – they're ready. Even grandma <laughs> has her gun out. It's like in the movies, huh? Yeah, grandma's got the gun out. Really looking for this dude, like she's like, okay. <laughs> I think, it, and it's at a church, bro. Like, I think that's fucking that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's just a different culture. You know, even take your piece to church, like. <laughs> yep. But hey, yep. it works. It worked, and and you know, it, it's still tragic, but it could have been a lot worse. But there, they had enough people there that knew what to do then and there in that immediate moment. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not the NRA. I'm not saying I'm not providing people with guns or nothing. I'm saying this first, if you can make holes, you need to plug them. I like that. And if you are, if if you are in a situation where there's no one armed other than maybe a security guard or, you know, a, a school resource officer, then you need to utilize what you, what you have. And what I'm finding is that a lot of times these rural communities don't have anything, man. So here we are, the Archangel project's back at it again. Once we get past this, uh, Corona. (laughs) Great, man. I mean, because like you were saying, you know, a lot of people don't like to talk about these things, but unfortunately, that's real life. A a lot of people find it taboo. Uh, When I talk about it, people, some people, you could, you could, you could could sense it in their voice when it changes, you know, like they're finding me either disrespectful or, you know, that Mm -hmm. kind of pop in their bubble and, you know, uh, this type of conversation makes people uncomfortable mm-hmm. and and I'm not here to I'm not here to to soothe it and it, it it doesn't get any better until you take up the training and get the stuff that you need yo because just thinking about it you're already more prepared than not thinking about it yep uh, and I always say there's no stupid questions so, like, if if people have questions, they can ask the fire department. They can ask the police department. I, like, uh, I don't know if you have kids or not, but you oh, go no. to your, you, you could go to your local elementary school and be like, hey, Mr. Principal, what do you guys do in case of an active shooter? And nine times out of ten, I bet, I bet they'll be caught off guard. <laughs> oh well we have protocols set up for that and you know we conduct our training once a year or twice a year no we hide and under a desk of, and call 911 yeah 
it's that type of stuff. So the U.S. as a society has to get past that. Like, and unfortunately, it is what it is. You got to be more aggressive. Mm-hmm. That's the bottom line. Is you got to make the only way to get a criminal or a psychotic person or a predator to stop doing that is to make them fear the victim that's it nice that i it. like that that's very wise words man uh, i mean it's, it's a philosophy in the in the gun the firearms community but it's it's uh it's still considered taboo to a lot of a lot of people but they don't understand is like um you you walk into a room and you size people up like okay stay away from that motherfucker <laughs> it's the same logic is that if if someone walks into a room to try to to kill you they're still going to loot and that's why these people do that every place every place that this happens to like when was the last time you heard of a of a police precinct getting shot up that's true. That's yeah, true. like when was the last when was the last mass shooting at a gun shop? That's a suicide mission right there. Hell yeah, it is because they're afraid of the victim. So they pick schools. They pick sporting events. Places where they don't allow guns, right? Yeah, they pick churches. Well, now people are learning <laughs> that church. Grandma at the church ain't someone to mess with, man. <laughs> She's probably packing. In her purse, she probably has those little candies. It's got a strawberry wrapper yep, yep. and a gun. <laughs> Butterscotch and a nine millimeter. Yep, yep. <laughs> yep. <coughs> but uh, I mean, that's kind of where we're at right now. Uh, I like, I, I, I try to keep it light, but you know, when I do tell people, I do tell people, you know, you need to look at like if I don't know you, you need to not look at me as a friend. You don't have to disrespect me, but for all for all you know, I could be your worst nightmare. Yeah, people forget that there's actual psychopaths out there that have no emotion. You know, yeah, there's people that have no problem killing people. Like it's hard to imagine because we're not like that. Yep. But there's people out there, and. It, it doesn't take much to think like a criminal. It, it really doesn't. And all you got to do is take a couple of minutes, set aside and be like, if I was really desperate, if I was in this really shitty situation that I, I felt I couldn't get out of, and I felt like my only way out was to do this to my family or this person's family, how would I do that? You start asking those dark questions and you find out where the weaknesses are in your own life. And you're like, holy shit. That's um, true. Sometimes I've had those dark thoughts and I, maybe just because I'm weird. But, you know, you've had like random people help you or you're something. And you're and I'm thinking, man, if I was like hooked on drugs and I was desperate, like I could totally rob this person right now. Yeah. Or like, you know, I, I, and yeah. then I'm like, and I tell myself, like, Chewie, shut the fuck up. Like, why am yeah. I thinking about that? Yeah. Well, I mean, you're human. Mm-hmm. So 
and you're not an asshole, so you don't. But it's like, wow. Like, it's that easy. But it is that easy. And it, I don't know how many times the news has to prove it every day. This and then they blame gun. the guns, you know? Like, I hate, to, I hate to be that guy, but. It's an easy out. It's an easy out. That's That's all it is. Nobody, and that's part of the philosophy is that, okay, guns can be a, a sensitive subject for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So if you could shift fire to uh, you know, keep the focus on something like an active shooter, but shift fire to prevention and the first aid aspect. Well, now you're interesting people. Now you're sparking interest in people that are like teachers, largely anti-gun. And you're kind of beginning to involve them in that culture of this is what you need to do. No, 911 isn't always going to be there immediately. It might be, it might be eight minutes it might be 20 minutes. It, it might be three seconds. You don't know. And when you're bleeding out, every second counts, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's why I always say, you know, set the conditions and save a life, which is kind of like our running motto right now. But uh, you set the conditions for your own environment. And Smart. You know, that's, and that's kind of where we're at right now. Outside of, you know, the, everybody being stuck with the coronavirus thing going on, on the lockdown. But, uh, you know, when we're off of lockdown and all this stuff passes, we plan on uh, getting back into it. We were supposed to be part of some uh, uh, little, uh, this kids little league, baseball little league jamboree thing. We were supposed to have a booth set up and everything. Uh, I <clears throat> And... That that got squashed. Everybody's on lockdown. Yeah, but when 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 we come back up, we'll 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 get things going. Hell yeah, hit the ground running. Yep, that's how we do. And um, you know, like you were saying, uh, people have that mentality, like, oh, I'll just call the cops. A lot of people don't realize that, you know, with this whole coronavirus, they're thinking of shutting down the judicial system. And in some states, if if you're uh like you call somebody for a robbery like hey i'm being robbed like they won't show up <laughs> yeah and yeah it's like, yeah they got scary some of those agencies got told us you know don't 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 bother with it so they need an archangel pack right there and yeah. maybe a gun you know <laughs> i'm not i'm not gonna tell them nothing uh, I'm a, <laughs> you lead a horse to water but i'm not gonna make anybody drink <laughs> And, you know, like, just thinking of your packs that – I don't know if you've seen that show, I Survived, or similar shows like that. No, I, I haven't. Like, it's just crazy stories of somebody – you know, people that got in a brush with death. And there's this one where somebody went hiking, and they ended up falling off a cliff, and they fell and broke their leg. And, you know, in the desert, it was freezing cold, and they had to survive, and – but, you know, if somebody goes hiking and you go alone and nobody knows where you're at, like, at least if you had an Archangel project pack, like, that would help so much right there. Like, or camping or, you know, anything. Yeah. Yep. 
Well, man, um, where can, where can people uh, find your page, find your products, contact you? Uh, right now, I'm just kind of, I'm for the, at the moment, I'm just directing everybody to the, the Facebook, the Facebook uh, page right now. Because everybody's on lockdown, but uh, it, you can find us at facebook.com/archangel-e-m-l-e, and there you can you can see the page. Um, scroll scroll through our posts, and we'll have you can see our our GoFundMe account and, and all that stuff in my story. And, and there should be the 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 news report links too. Awesome, man. And right there, they could just, you know, uh, donate to GoFundMe and, and maybe order a pack or something or help donate. Yep. yep. They just got to shoot us a message. Awesome, man. And uh, great stuff, man. I really do appreciate, you know, you doing this, coming on here. And thank you for your services. I mean, crazy hey. stuff, man. <laughs> hey, thank, thank you for you, man. Uh, I appreciate you letting me on your podcast and spreading the word about this. Oh, yeah, no problem, man. And I hope a lot more schools, you know, hear about this and call you guys because that's a you got a great thing going on there, especially with these whole shootings going on. That's that's thinking ahead, man. You're ahead of the curve right there. I just barely, just barely. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you for being on, man. And uh, you have a good night. All right. You too, man. Thank you. Uh huh. Later. everyone thanks for tuning in and if you'd like to support this podcast you can find me at anchor.fm slash screaming chewy gmail com there'll be three options for a monthly subscription first one i believe starts at a dollar a month yo yeah dollar a month yeah and if you don't want to that's cool you can follow me on facebook and youtube screaming chewy show for some memes some more videos for episodes and behind the scenes kind of deal, right? You can follow me on Twitter, uh, Screaming Chewy. Yeah, not Screaming Chewy, so I should probably change it. But it's just Screaming Chewy. And uh, thanks for listening. Peace.